Hello and welcome to another edition of the all-new Rock Sound Podcast. I am your host, James Wilson-Taylor, and we have a very special episode lined up for you this week. As the Vans Warped Tour wraps up its final ever cross-country run, we have conducted a series of interviews with the legends of Warped Tour. Three very, very interesting conversations coming up this week all about their time on Warped Tour. Later on, you'll be able to hear a chat with Chris Motionless of Motionless in White, played the tour like nine times over the years. Uh, We'll be chatting as well to Mike Shinoda. He talks exclusively about Linkin Park's epic surprise set on Warped Tour that happened a few years back. Really, really memorable moment that. But first, we're going to be chatting to Ben Barlow from Neck Deep. Neck Deep have been playing it a great deal in recent years, become a real mainstay of the tour. Obviously, one of the few British acts in recent years who's really, really broken through through and kind of led that British invasion of Warped Tour. We talk about some of his favorite memories, some of the friends he's made on the road, and the impact that Vans Warped Tour has had on his career as a whole. So, without any further ado, let's kick things off, shall we, by talking to Mr. Ben Barlow. Ben Barlow joins me now. How are you, Ben? Hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, good. All good. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's start with earliest memories. I guess it's a little bit different for you because, of course, you're British, raised in the UK. How aware were you of Warped Tour as a general concept growing up? Um, well, I think me, along with probably a lot of British, uh, you know, uh, British people my age here into this kind of world, uh, probably from the Blink song, probably from the rock show. You know, that, that lyric, uh, couldn't wait for the summer at the Warped Tour. You know, and I was probably eight years old or something like that when that came out. And I was like, ooh, Warped Tour. I mean, it rings a bell, but ooh, Blink said it, so it must be cool. And then, you know, you, you think it's all just, you know, this must be this new thing. But then once you, you kind of get further and further into the musical journey as a kid or as a teenager or whatever, you start to see it pop up more and more. And you realize, like, oh, it wasn't just Blink, it was... You know, it was Newfound Glory too. It was it was Green Day. It was it was Eminem. It was it was Pennywise. It was NFX. It was Bad Religion. It was all of these bands. Uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just you know the, the bands that I liked, but it goes back to even the bands that my my thirty year old brother likes. You know? So yeah, it became something that I was very aware of um, quite soon after that. Amazing. And as you guys kind of got more and more successful, and it was kind of building the buzz around you guys, did it become like an ambition almost? Did you have it on a list of, oh yeah, that's one we'd love to take off that day? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely something that we had always wanted to do, whether we thought that we would ever do it was, was something different. You know, we didn't have our sights particularly set on it until, I don't know, things started working out with the band and then once we realized that it was a reality, it became kind of everything. It kind of became the holy grail at that point. It was, you know, something that we thought would, yeah, it would, do big things for us and, and even just to say like yeah we played Warsaw which you know we weren't the first British band to play by any stretch of the imagination but maybe of, of this little you know as, as well, for a UK pop punk band I think that's why a lot of people thought we were something anyway but um, yeah yeah, it, it seemed to build very very well for us and it was almost the perfect thing for us to have done at that time so yeah once we realised it was reality it was like yeah, we tried to do everything we could to, to, to get on the radar, I guess. Yeah, of course. It's interesting you say that about being a UK band because we, uh, we were chatting with Josh from You Me at Six the other day. And uh, obviously he played a, you know, a fair few years before you guys, but he was saying at that time, you know, you were lucky to be a British band on there because it was like maybe one British band, maybe one Australian band, and then it really was still an American-centric thing. I feel like you guys 
ever since you started playing in particular, it's kind of opened the floodgates a bit. Is that something you noticed as you kept playing? Like more and more Britax suddenly, it was, it was a British invasion, I guess. Is that, is that kind of true to fact, you think? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say that. I don't want to take credit for anything at all. You know, every British band that's that's been on the festival has been in their own right. But I think, you know, people have said about us for a while. You know, we kind of we were the, the one of the the first big British pop punk bands. You know, so I think once maybe Kevin and Walter saw what success you know we had we had kind of bought and and what you know, how we were doing and, and the kind of the pull that we brought to the festival in our own, in our own right, you know, then why not try other British acts, you know? And then since then, there's been, yeah, a ton of different British acts. Okay. You know, when we, when we do Walk Tour, when we did Walk Tour, that we had uh, we had some fellow Brits to uh, steal tea off and, and, and talk football with. So, yeah, it's great. Um, and I think, you know, that, that only proves Walk Tour's global scope. It's not just American bands it's this American thing it really starts to become this very international thing you know for a long time as well you had like well on the times that we've done it um, you know there's been bands like Crossface and, and stuff like that so it, it does go beyond just just British bands and, and just American bands sorry and it does it has become this global thing where it's bringing bands from all over the world to come and do this legendary festival and to have this you know this legendary experience um, yeah yeah, it's great. I definitely did notice uh, a lot more Brits over the last couple of years, but that's nothing but good things. So. Oh, definitely. Amazing to see. Really, really proud of that one. Um, take me back then to that first year. Let's start with your first initial memories. What was that first day like? What, when you think back to that day, what is it that comes to mind? <laughs> well, our first, ever, our first ever day in Water Tour is a bit mad one. Uh, we, Houston was the first ever Water Tour that we played, and... Oh God, we, it was our, uh, I was, it was our second time in America, I think our second ever US tour. And so we flew in and we got to Houston and they lost all of our bags. And oh, we were like, no. yeah, we were like, oh God, like, here we go. Here's a good start to war tour, you know, two month tour or whatever and no clothes whatsoever. And no, nothing really, just basically the little carry on bags that we had. Um, and we kind of had to rush through all that. We had to kind of get all that sorted, leave the airport without our bags and, and just rush straight to Warsaw. So already we were flustered and, you know, kind of stressed out. And But we got there and immediately everyone's kind of, kind of shone through. You know, everyone was giving us, like, you know, different bands were giving us T-shirts and different clothing companies were saying, like, here, yeah, if you've got no clothes, all of this, have it, take it, you need it. And so that was obviously, you know, a great thing immediately experiencing that kind of community spirit when you're there. And, um, yeah, but we just had to like run to stage and get playing and it was nuts. But again, it was a great show. Um, and yeah, that real community spirit was so almost immediately kind of, you know, we knew then that we were going to have a good time and that, um, yeah, things were going to be good and that, and that, you know, despite losing our bags, that we were in for a really good summer. We got our bags back in the end. It was all fine. But yeah, that first day was wild. And again, like that first experience, uh, that first summer that we were on it, or those first, you know, couple of weeks, we definitely felt like the new kids. We definitely felt like, you know, the freshmen of the tour and, you know, everything was still new to us. And we were probably kind of geeking out a little bit. And uh, yeah, we were definitely like the nerdy new kids, I felt like to an extent. But at the same time, um, 
we were doing really well. So I think there was a little bit of buzz about it as well. But and then, you know, we weren't we didn't have this kind of not reputation, but we didn't have, you know, the recognition that we've got now. So there was a lot of eyes on us, people kind of checking us out, feeling us out. And it's kind of just there running around like a bunch of kids. <laughs> that's yeah, a good way to spend a summer yeah. man yeah for sure yeah you want to be want to be living the dream like that who were your kind yeah. of buddies on the first tour as well because i guess what a lot of people we've been speaking to have been saying which is really nice you alluded to it before because it's always such a diverse lineup you kind of end up hanging out with people that you never would tour with normally like you never would normally end up on a bill with a lot of these bands but suddenly you're on walk tour so it's amazing to kind of spend the whole summer with them who were you hanging with on that first year yeah, I remember playing football with like Parkway Drive one year, and you know they're a band that you know I, I kind of looked up to when I was younger because you know I'd watch their tour docos and think like, oh, you know, I want to be in a band like this. This is what being in a band's all about. And then just casually playing football with them one year was great. Um, yeah, you know, it, it really is. You know, like once you get backstage, once you get off stage, and you, you're not playing and you haven't got anything to do, it's really like, you know, it's just you're just you're in a parking lot full of people who feel and think pretty much the same as you, whether you play metal, whether you play, you know, whether you play like some sort of electronic music, whether you're, you know, in a pop punk band, whatever, everyone's all there for the same reasons. Everyone's a musician. Everyone loves music. Now that it's the final run. So looking back with everyone, this is a big question for you guys, but I feel, I feel like it's got to be asked. How do you think it has overall been an impact on your career? If you could sum up, I mean, it's meant so much to Neck Deep. How can you kind of sum it up? What 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 impact do you think Warp Tour specifically has had on you guys in your career? Huge, huge impact, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think really it's just given us, um, it kind of gave us this scope beyond just just being this, you know, this British pop punk band and kind of established us as, you know, it really solidified our kind of draw in America because, you know, everyone was kind of aware of it before War Tour, but it might have been this thing of like, oh, you know, well, it was a headline tour, it was whatever, you know. But then we went and played War Tour and it it just solidified that for us. So it really, it, it and it's allowed us to make so many connections and so many people on a friendship level, on a, you know, on a behind-the-scenes kind of level, on a, you know, and it, it's taught me so much about, you know, um, just what being in a band is about and, and and getting to meet all these different people who, you know, have all these, these outlooks on life and, and have their own stories about, about, you know, how their careers have been and what all has been to them. And yeah, it does. It, it completely, it completely just solidifies and legitimize, legitimizes everything about being in a band for you. You know, it, it takes your band to that next level, but it also opens up so many doors for you and, you know, the bands that you end up making friends with and hanging out with on all tour off and the bands that you're going to end up touring with for the next few years. So the friendships that I made through it were, you know, still, that I would honestly consider some of the people that I've met on all tour as some of my closest friends. Um, and yeah, it did unreal things for us. And I think, again, it, it, it validated us. It really did. I think, you know, everyone came out to all tour and saw us uh, doing our thing and it, yeah, it made people it realize. I think that was when people first started realizing, like, eh, maybe I don't want to admit it, but maybe there's something going on here. Um, so for that, I could never thank Warped Tour enough, really. Um, and plus, yeah, just for the good times and the friendships that I made through it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah amazing. It was, man. It's, 
It's been yeah. amazing, amazing run, amazing run you guys have had there. What is the fav, oh, uh, favorite set you have ever watched by another band on Warp Tour? If you had to pick. Ooh. Favorite set I ever watched. I remember seeing Linkin Park one day, and I think that might be my favorite only because that was the only time I ever saw them. So that was great. And we clashed with them slightly. So that was extra fun. But um, whew, between Linkin Park, um, there was a less than, I saw Less Than Jake a few times, and they were awesome. You know, uh, they, I think when I saw them, they, it, it was their. Oh, on that tour anyway, it was 365 days worth of all tour they played over their career. Wow. Um, and I think I watched them, yeah. So, yeah, you think, we, we're veterans. They're like veterans, veterans, you know. They're, oh, yeah. Oh, veterans, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think their 365th day of Warp Tour show was awesome. I think it was in St. Pete, which is local to them, maybe even where they're from. I know they're, they're definitely a Florida band. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, Les and Jake were great uh, that day. That was a memorable one. Honestly, some transit shows I would go and watch, and, I, and I'd love, even though, you know, they... they they were such an underrated band and I still think they're such an underrated band that I would go and see them and some of the, 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 the passion involved. They weren't like the biggest crowds of the of the day, but some of the passion involved it was insane. Some bad tooth shows that I've seen were absolutely huge. Same with uh, with Paris. There was a few Paris shows that we saw that were just, just silly big and state champs too. Oh, I really couldn't put it down, but I think <laughs> I think I'd have to say I'd I'd maybe have to say Lincoln Park just because that was the only time I've ever seen them. Um, and it was at Warptor and it was just this mad experience of like wow I'm seeing Lincoln Park at Warptor right now this is kind of a bit of a surreal moment so, yeah, yeah I think one I of the most one of the most iconic moments in Warptor history that performance was it because it was all the guest vocalists oh, of course had, as well yeah, yeah all the time guest vocalists yeah, it was kind of, kind of mad I wasn't not <laughs> it was yeah it was amazing but seeing that and you know seeing like, all the various people from Warptor coming up and doing their part was yeah that was special it was really cool and I think that was really cool of them as well yeah um, definitely you know and, and there was maybe always that thing of like you know once bands kind of outgrow like Warped or they don't tend to go back too much but a band that's like Linkin Park just taking that one off to go yeah we'll come up at Warped Tour and, and, and playing it and like any other show and bringing in this huge crowd but keeping you know Warped Tour super involved and kind of at the centre of their performance was that was special yeah a really iconic moment that amazing amazing right okay next up what is your funniest moment that you have ever had on walk tour funniest moment oh my god um seeing matt west fall over with a hot dog with a corn dog fall off a skateboard <laughs> with a corn dog and a dr pepper in his hand was hilarious um <laughs> And his reaction afterwards was hilarious. I well, think he'd been shot. He was shaking. He was like, that was yeah, maybe my favourite. <laughs> um, honestly, I would love to. I'm sure there has been funnier. I'm absolutely sure there's been funnier. But so many of them just happen in passing conversation. You know, just passing days that you can't remember, times that you can't remember. I'm sure the Warped Tour barbecue has probably held many, many, many uh, good memory. Um, yeah, I'm sure. But the one that immediately springs to mind for some reason is just, just 
just I'll never forget. And I think it's because it's from our first walk on, you know, we were all so stoked to be there and West thought he was cool bedding around on this little this skateboard and then immediately just falling off with a corn dog in his hand. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. quite the image. That is quite the image yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, last question, and again it's a tricky one, but if you had to pick what do you think was your favourite city or favourite venue, I should say, to play in when you did Warp Tour? Oh. There, there are a few really good cities that I would all kind of put neck and neck with each other. You know, there are the big days on Warp Tour that everyone looks forward to. You know, the California days, Chicago, New York, Boston, some of the Florida days. Well, the Florida days actually no one looks forward to because it's the most insanely horrible weather you can ever imagine. But, um, yeah, there are a number of big days that everyone looks forward to, but I think personally one of my favorites um, is Jones Beach in New York because uh, it's right on the water um, and, you know, it's it's literally a stone's throw away from the beach um, and and you have a combination of a great crowd too. You know, New York is one of the, the, the Jones Beach day is one of the, the big big days you know so it's one that you're looking forward to on the whole tour and you also get the um you get the beach too and because like like um like jjr who was uh tour managing well he worked on Warsaw for years and then uh one of the year that i got to know him uh pretty well was the year he was tour managing um four years strong and he would host games of werewolf every night and werewolf is basically this role-playing game Everyone sits in a circle. Everyone's given a rule, but nobody knows who they are. And so there's a villager. There's villagers and werewolves. Everybody has a little ability. But basically, the aim of the game is for either the werewolves to kill everyone in the village, or for the village to find out who the werewolves are and kill them. And it was great. Uh, and it was this game yeah, that, yeah, yeah. This, I remember this, this amazing game that everyone that became like this thing on also. But the Jones Beach game of that on the 2015 walk tour was huge it was like 150 people in the game or something it literally went on for like two or three hours it was insane um so yeah that was I wish someone somewhere had recorded this giant game of werewolf like I would pay very very good money to watch that back it became this legendary thing like last last time I went on a walk to the JJ I wasn't there unfortunately but um there were other people who could moderate the games and every every night people would be would be um would, would be would be talking about that. So that so that epic game. epic game, do you remember who was the werewolf? That's the big question. Um, I can't remember who won. I'm sure if I text JJR he would tell me straight away. <laughs> I think I went out sort of in the middle of the game, sort of early middle. So I probably would have like you know, not lost interest, but probably would have been just kind of hanging out for a bit. Um, I'm trying to think who won. I think it might have been a werewolf win. I'm not sure who the wolf was, but I think it might have been a wolf win. But I'll have to, um, I'll have to be in touch with JJR about that. If anyone else mentions a werewolf in, in, in the interviews we're doing, I'm sure there'll be someone who, who was at that game and might be able to tell you. Man, I'm going to have to add that to my list of questions. Every single person, yeah. were you at the werewolf game? Were you at the werewolf were game? You at that, 
legendary werewolf game. Yeah, but, we're gonna um, we're gonna narrow it down. I'm gonna report back to you, mate. Who was the werewolf? Who yeah, was play your own little game of werewolf. You better rewind the wolf around. Yeah, it's the ultimate warp tribute. We didn't know we needed, but we really, really <laughs> did right there. Yeah, um, Ben, it's been really great chatting to you, man. Uh, congratulations on many great years at Warp Tour, and uh, yeah, we'll Thank chat you. to you again very soon. I'm sure. Cheers, mate. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Ben Barlow there, always lovely to chat to him, and we have some big news if you're a Neck Deep fan, or indeed a Don Broco fan, they're going out on tour together early next year. Yes, this is Don Broco's biggest ever tour, and it kicks off next February in the UK, with support from Neck Deep and from Issues as well, so go and check that out. Here's the key dates for your diary. February 2019, on the 1st and 2nd, they will be at Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. On the 3rd, they will be at the Pavilions in Plymouth. On the 5th, Motorpoint Arena in Cardiff, February 7th Usher Hall in Edinburgh, February 8th Motorpoint Arena in Nottingham and finishing up on February 9th at the SSE Arena at Wembley here in London. Go and check that out, myticket.co.uk to go and see Don Broco with Neck Deep and Issues live in the UK next year. Right, still to come, we'll be chatting to Chris Motionless from Motionless in White, but before that, it's time to catch up with Mr. Mike Shinoda. Now, Mike only played Warp Tour once, but it was one of the most memorable experiences in the history of Warp Tour. Lincoln Park showed up completely unannounced, played a full set, even though they were absolute superstars at the time, and were joined on stage by the likes of Jeremy McKinnon. Loads and loads of greats from the scene who were on the tour at the time all got up and performed songs with them throughout the set. It was an amazing experience. Loads of videos available online of that performance. I suggest you go and check them out, but let's chat to the man himself now about what that experience was like here in his own words, Mr. Mike Shinoda. I want to talk as well. This is something we've been asking everybody about recently because it's the final ever Warp Tour coming up. Well, yeah, happening right. now in the US this summer. And yeah. uh, you guys in Lincoln Park played one of the most memorable moments, really, in Warp Tour history back in 2014. You did this this surprise set. Super fun. It? Oh, man, that was so cool. Yeah. How did that come about, first of all? Well, did, how did Kevin approach you? The thing was that we, by the time Warp Tour started, the year that it started, we were playing shows about that size yeah. on our own. So there was no, you know, there was no reason to play Warp Tour for us. And um, it, it, it kind of like it, when we looked back at that, I think it was around, uh, it was around the hunting party, right? Yeah, I think time? so. We put out this record, very like a heavy record, very rock record. And um, the idea of playing Warp Tour, like just a surprise thing at one of the dates sounded so fun and my my only reservation about doing it was if we do it like we what we really want to do is have some like warp tour favorite sure. singers come out and sing with us how many do we think we can get <laughs> like are are people going to be you know are they going to be interested are they going to be available have they when they after they play or are they going to leave if they haven't played yet or are they even going to be in the in are they going to be there like you know so um, it worked out great. Oh yeah, we had an awesome time. Got to play with a lot of bands that were so. Um, I mean, everybody there, whether they were on stage with us or not, like they everybody was just so effusive. They were so like excited that we came, and they had so. We heard it was almost like we didn't even know. Honestly, we honestly didn't know the influence that we had on a lot of because they're they're a generation younger. Sure. And they grew yeah. up on our music, yeah. which in music's time, that's only, that only has to be like 
five, six years. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like things turn around like that fast. So um, they were just so sweet and we heard so many nice stories. It made us feel great. No, it, it looked, I was watching footage back of it this morning. I got to say, it's just the joy on people. Like like when Jeremy McKinnon comes out, obviously the crowd go insane. Yeah, there's, but like he just looks so delighted to yeah. be performing with you guys as well. And same with everyone. He was very, I mean, like, and 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 Ryan Key, yeah, and um, like every they were all, you know, the funny thing, one funny thing that isn't in most of that footage is that one band that we met later, who I almost asked to play with us, but I found out they were playing at the same time. That's why they're not in any oh, of this okay, footage. Right. They were on stage on one of the other stages at the same time we were playing. Was Echo Smith? Really? Yeah, and I had I had said to somebody like, it's kind of nice, like there's. You know, this other band that it's cool, they're much more chill, yeah. um, kind of alternative music, but the singer is really good and she would sound great on one of our songs. Um, and then I found out that it was their first time playing there and they were very new and very young and they played at the same time. I was like, yeah, she's probably going to be too nervous. Like, I don't know, like less, they're not as experienced. Like, let's not make them nervous or crazy or whatever. Right, right, right. And I met them later. Um, and they are the nicest, most professional, like talented, wonderful sure, sure. band. Um, and and um, and I've talked to Sydney about it since, and said wow. like, you know, this whole thing went on. She's like, no, I didn't know that. I'm so mad now <laughs> that you did. First of all, that you thought that I would be like, like not capable of coming up because obviously I would be. <laughs> and second, I would have been thrilled to come up and sing with Amazing. you guys. Yeah. Hey, there's still time in the future. There you go. There's another collab. You yeah, right. Yeah. See. There you go. Such a legendary performance from Linkin Park at Vans Warped Tour. It really, really was. Thank you again to Mike for sitting down and reminiscing with us about that. Right, time now for our final guest this week on this special edition of the Rock Sound Podcast. It's Chris Motionless from Motionless in White. They have played Vans Warped Tour upwards of nine times, plus on the local stage as well. It's incredible. They're real, real veterans of the tour. We sat down with Chris to talk through all his favorite memories, some of the friends he's made, his favorite sets, fun experiences at the meet and greet table, and what kind of impact he thinks it's had on the band's career over the years. It's an emotional one he's on his final tour right now out in the states on the final cross-country run of warp tour let's catch up with him now this is chris motionless sweet we are back on the rock sound podcast my next guest from motionless and white played vans warp tour countless times chris motionless how are you sir <laughs> i'm good uh countless times would definitely be a perfect word to to describe it i mean i've i've counted nine for sure but it seems like definitely performance wise man you've got to be one of the longest running ones right up there surely yeah i think uh i i want to say that we're in the maybe the top five bands of most uh most most amount of years appeared on i'm not sure as far as like the amount of shows added up together but we are definitely way up there at this point it's, uh, it's actually really cool to think to think about and look back and uh be in that top echelon of bands that played it as many times as we have yeah absolutely man quite the achievement it really really is uh, i want to dive right back before you'd even played it let's start right there because i want your earliest first memories of warp tour did you attend it much before you guys ever played it uh, uh yeah when i was when i was in high school um that was like i had some friends that were in a couple um, grades above me and um, all they did was talk about how awesome Warped Tour was and like we have to plan a trip in the summer to go this summer and um, 
I just had heard such great things. I think I'd seen I'd seen like a Warped Tour DVD before, and it just looks like such an amazing world to want to be in. And uh, my first one was where me and a bunch of my friends packed two cars up, and we drove uh, two and a half hours to Camden, New Jersey. And I walked in. At, at that point, that was just it for me. I remember just walking in and uh, seeing Poison the Well playing. That was the first band I saw, and then I think the Use was right after them, and just. I just was absolutely mesmerized by everything that I, I was just surrounded in. It was it was amazing. Awesome, man. Awesome. And you say, of course, you know, it, it's it's an inspiring environment and you were clearly taken by it from that first time going. So was it kind of an aim of yours once you started the band? Was it kind of an aim like, you know what, that's where we need to get to? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I knew that at that point that... Uh, you know, I, I was in a couple bands, but not, nothing had really kind of formed to the point where I felt like any of the bands I was in that moment could have been on War Tour or anything. But I always thought like, wow, it would just be like my dream come true to be on War Tour and to have a band that could tour and do this kind of, just be a part of this kind of world. So once, uh, once I graduated and our band really started to form, that was like the first and main goal that we had. That was like the big one like okay if we can play on war tour we can do this so um right right early on i definitely want to be a part of it and as soon as the band got up and running that was like number one goal and uh it's, it's very awesome to think back to then and just look at where it, where it is now you know yeah absolutely man absolutely um let's go right in then to that first year you were actually playing first of all obvious question nervous were you particularly nervous <laughs> Yeah, actually, we um, we had won a contest to play the first year. Like all of our all of our local fans um, and family and everybody voted for us to play on a stage called the Ernie Ball Ernie Ball stage. And at that time, it was like the Battle of the Band stage, and they let um, four four bands from each city that the tour went to uh, win the contest to play, and we were one of them. So man, it, it was like we we just we never thought we even had a chance at winning at all, but. I, our fans just ended up voting hard enough and uh, we ended up showing up and just like total, no idea what was happening. Like the total local band pulling everything out of a van and just, it was, it was a mess, but it was so, it was so awesome. And um, just, just one of those experiences where we were so nervous and just walking, walking around in just amazement, um, just aimlessly and, and try, trying to figure out what was going on and getting ourselves together. And we played first. So, Oh, really? You were first up on the stage, yeah. man. Man, that is proper intimidating then. So what was the crowd like at that, that show? Um, I mean, there's actually, we, we, uh, I, I just went back into my, into my like old v- little mini VHS tape collection uh, and found the VHS of the show. And I had it converted digitally, but I've actually just watched it and, and my memory was, ex- was quite correct in that it's basically just all of our friends from high school, a few of our families and a couple just like wanderers. Cause I think the stage was set up close to where the entrance was. So you can just see everybody in line walking past and just, just completely disregarding us because we were terrible. <laughs> and, uh, right, r- rightfully so. They were just like, what the hell is this? So, um, yeah, it was just a lot of our friends that came out to support of our local fans from the local shows we were playing. And, um, that was mostly it. And then you could, yeah, as I say, you could definitely see some people stopping for a song. And, uh, it was, I think we went, 
I'm, that might be one of the hardest I've ever gone at a show because when I watched the tape, I, I didn't stop moving and I was playing guitar and singing at the same time uh, at, that, at that period of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, early days. And little did these people know they were watching some history right there, walking on past. It's like, hang on, these guys are going to be back a lot over the next few years. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. All right, well, let's jump ahead then to your first cross-country run. Uh, I guess the obvious question we've been asking a lot of people, one of the coolest things about being on Warped, it seems, is that you're suddenly touring with lots of bands that you wouldn't necessarily ever be on the road with at any other time because it's quite a diverse lineup. So who do you remember kind of hanging out with or, or checking out sets by that you wouldn't ever have toured with otherwise? Right. Actually, I have to say... Of, of that question, this year is the one that 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 I guess speaks to that question the most. Um, we're on tour right now, or one of the bands on tour right now is called Twisted, and uh, they're definitely from such a different world as the rest of this tour. But they really they have the, the ability to be a part of this of this world. You know, they, they're similar to us. They wear makeup, a lot of like more. I guess you would say sh- not shocking outfits, but just more more of like an image to them and um, they, they kind of fit into what, where we do, but not so much into the warp tour world and just being out here every day and having met those guys, they're actually some of like the most amazingly nice people and very hardworking band. And um, I think this year of any year that we've ever done, we've made closer friends with them than any other, any other band that maybe I wouldn't have ever had the chance to do elsewhere. So um, it's really cool that in the last year, something like that could really happen and now I can have a stronger memory going going out of work tour, you know? Man. So definitely definitely the guys are twisted. Man, that's really nice to hear. What a nice community there is there. I really, really like that. Um, we should say as well, I mean, you guys got into this period of time where you were basically playing every year. You were doing like, I think you did like three on, one off, three on again. Um, do you yeah. ever get yep. into, uh, yeah, intense, right? But I guess that's my question. Like, do you ever get into a comfort zone with it or is it just always as intense and non-stop as we kind of expect it to be i i definitely don't think that there's like a comfort zone because i they they do a really good job at, at taking bands out of their comfort zone with you know the fact that you don't know what time you play until the very morning of um and then every day there are different things that are going on that are at, at different times so you know when you're on a normal tour and you're you have the same schedule every day. You kind of just fall into your normal habits and, and like you said, comfort zone. But for something like this, it definitely keeps on your toes because you might wake up and be playing, you know, two hours from when you woke up or you might not be playing to the very end of the night. And then on top of that, each those types of crowds are very different. Like playing to a 1230 in the afternoon crowd versus an 8 p.m. crowd is so much different in the way that you have to kind of I guess just coerce them to, to enjoy themselves because at eight o'clock, everyone is dead and you just have the people that are there to really, really see your band. So, you know, you, it's, it's a much different animal than, than a one o'clock crowd or so. So it's definitely something that keeps you out of your comfort zone. You really have to work extra hard to, to get this show, even though it's 30 minutes, it, it's such a long day and you're doing signings and everything else. It's very hard to fall into it, like a normal habit, comfort zone kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I forget as well, of course, you've always got all these other things going on. There's the, you know, the TEI sessions and all that kind of stuff, um, particularly with signings and meet and greets. Are there any particular moments from the Warp Tour one specifically that have uh, stood in your mind, either from this year or another year? 
<laughs> the one story that we that we always tell it, it just caught us off so caught us off guard so bad. Um, this was I want to say maybe like 2007, 2008. Um, this this young woman came up and she was like, "Hey, how are you?" And we were like, "Hey, what's up?" You're just meeting her at the merch table, and she was like, just kind of stood there. And we're like, "Can we find something for you?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, sure." And she just bends down and took off her uh, prosthetic leg and threw it up on the table. It was just it was just a funny moment. Just like did not see that coming at all. And um, she was just so excited to get her leg signed, and that was the first time we'd ever done anything like that. And it wasn't anything crazy, but just a, a funny like just kind of take, took, took us back uh, type of situation. So that's a funny one. Now, now in the, in the more recent years, it's tough because fans don't actually really care about getting anything signed. They care about getting the photo, which is absolutely impossible to do uh, on, in signings at work for. So it's, it's like a, it's a constant battle to try to please fans with what they want and, and sign, you know, whatever they want, but they're, it's, they really do want the photo more than anything else. So it's, it's kind of like just trying to be there and beat them and sign their stuff, but they and you know, make them not feel like they're walking away disappointed. No, of course. It's tricky, man. Of course it's tricky, but I love that. A prosthetic leg, that's got to be up there with the uh, the most unexpected objects you've ever had to sign, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I, we've, we've signed some pretty interesting things, but that that being the first one that I could remember. Yeah. definitely set a tone for uh, what was to come. Yeah, I could understand that, man. Uh, we've, of course, alluded to the fact you're currently on the final Warp Tour run. I'm just curious, what's the kind of atmosphere like there at the minute? Is it is everyone getting a bit emotional? We're kind of coming towards the end now. I think you can definitely tell that amongst the entire tour and the fans, there is a very, very strong presence of, like, um, appreciativeness, and there's a, there's a there seems to be more camaraderie this year than there has been in past years. Like everyone's very close and everyone is hanging out. Like the, the hangouts and the barbecues are massive compared to the past couple of years. Like everyone's coming out, everyone's hanging out with each other and like really trying to make the best of this because you can do this on other tours, but it's not, it's just never going to be the same as it is on war tour where you have so many friends and so many other people that you could be friends with just hanging out, just, just that's it just chilling and and it's such a, a powerful thing to just be around so many people that are like you and, and in the same world as you and just doing that and then with the fans it's the same stuff they're they're showing up and they're going harder they're the crowds are bigger this year than the past couple of years that we've played it it's just everyone is aware and everyone really wants to make the most and make the best of, of the fact that it's the last one so it's been a really powerful summer for sure um and as as we Right now we're on day, I think day 12 of 20 shows in a row. So right now I would say everyone's kind of getting beat down, but after that next day off, there's only four shows. I expect the four last shows to be very, very emotional. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, an emotional party, I'd imagine. A bit, a bit of both, perhaps. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, man. Those final four shows. Um, kind of an impossible question for you but if you can sum it up in any way what kind of impact do you think playing warp tour all these years has had on your band's career specifically right uh that's something i talk about when i mention warp tour uh, every single time i really i really don't know if we would have had any of what we've had happen uh with our band since 2008 onward without warp tour it's been it, every every 
not every, but almost every big moment that, is, that has occurred for this band has been a result of us being on Warp Tour. We, you know, we were discovered, uh, quote unquote, on Warp Tour in 2008, and we were signed to a label a few months later. We sold, you know, we charted number nine on the Billboard 200 uh, in 2014 because we, uh, the fans came out and, and we sold so many pre-orders for our album. We sold 31,000 albums with, with mostly pre-orders just from fans on Warp Tour coming out to support the band. So had we not had that platform to, to get those pre-orders out, we would have never hit that number and never have been able to say that we've been in the top 10, 200. So there, there's just so many massive moments that, that I really don't know. You know who, who's to ever know and to say, but I personally don't think that it would have it would have gone the same way without without Warped Tour's help. Yeah, amazing, man. What an impact it's had. Incredible. It really, really is. Uh, so we've been wrapping up each of these chats with the same questions. So I'm going to pitch these questions to you uh, about your memories from Warped Tour, and we'll see what you have to say, compare them with the others. First of all, your favorite set you've ever watched by another band at Warped Tour? Wow, that's a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a hard one as well. Um, I'm going to have to say the first time I saw my favorite band called Bleeding Through on Warped Tour. Um, I, it was in Scranton, Pennsylvania at home. And I think it was in 2005, it was in 2005, the same year that we played. And I just, they played in like the amphitheater. And I remember coming over and they had to stop like every five minutes because they're just, there were so many fights in the pit and it was annoying, but they like just went, I don't know. There was just an energy there, regardless of the stopping. That they they they're just my favorite band. So watching them for the first time at World Tour was unreal. And there's such a power in that in that venue. And um, they just they just fucking crushed it. So I'll go with Bleeding Through in 2005 in Scranton. Awesome, man. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, next up, your favorite city to play, and you are allowed to pick your hometown if you so wish. Right. Uh, on Warp Tour, yeah, I'm gonna have to say Scranton because that's just where that's where we started. That's where we're gonna, or that's where we played the most uh, amount of Warp Tour. So, yeah, I, the last time we played there in 2016, it was probably one of my favorite sets of all time of, of us performing. So, yeah, we'll go with Scranton. Nice man. All right, last but by no means least, your funniest memory ever experienced a Warp Tour. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh man. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I've ever fallen off the stage. I almost fell off the stage on the first day of this tour. Not oh, that man. that's funny, but <laughs> yeah, I was um, going to say, don't injure yourself. That's not funny. We want you to last to the end, Chris. I, Come on, dude. These boots that I wear—they're—they're they're so hard to, to have any stability. And I went went to put my leg up on the monitor and just boom, right off, and oh, I caught man. myself. And there were so many photographers right in the front, and I got—I've seen photos of it, and I definitely played it off like it was all this cool on purpose move but i it was not i assure you i'm a felon um i mean i guess that would be the funniest one this year so far it's really tough to think of like i actually you know i I have fallen a few times there was one time in atlanta georgia i think 2014 or maybe 2016 i i was bouncing around on one of our risers and just boom right off and instead of uh instead of trying to cover it up i just i was like well, you guys just saw that and have fun putting that on the internet and just like, just total embarrassment. And I tried to just have fun with it. And of course, sure enough, their fans put it all over the internet. So I'm sure you <laughs> could find that if you'd like. 
We'll be yeah, looking now, man. Like we'll be looking now. That works yeah. well. Chris, it's yeah. been really, really nice chatting to you, man. Have a great time on the rest of the tour. We're sure you will. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you back in the UK soon as well. Good to chat to you, man. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's always there you have it thank you again to my guest this week on this special Vans Warped Tour edition of the Rock Sound Podcast Chris Motionless Mike Shinoda and Ben Barlow don't forget like I said Don Broco heading out on a UK tour early February 2019 with Neck Deep and Issues supporting go over to myticket.co.uk right now to grab your place in the crowd for that that's about it this week guys do go ahead and subscribe over on SoundCloud over on iTunes over on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts we will be be back next week with a brand new episode i have been james wilson taylor we will see you then